<clears throat> mic check, mic check, mic check. Morning Masters podcast is your host, main of course. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. New energy. Brand new mentality. Yeah. If it ain't helping me prosper in life, then please don't bring it around me. I don't. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Can't get that just yet. Um, Morning Masters podcast. We got a special, special episode today. Um, first off. It's Martin Luther King Day, so make sure I give Martin Luther King some respect, put some respect on his name. We did that in this podcast. Actually, I got a uh, Macon Luther King on this episode, uh, Ken Macon from Making a Difference Podcast. Always a pleasure, a pleasure, a pleasure to have him on the episode. This guy has to be one of the best speakers um, that I know, uh, one of the most intellectual dudes that I know. Um, his his vision, his viewpoint on things, like he just give you a things to a different lens. Uh, no pun intended. He wears glasses. It's my guy, though, man. I promise you, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> can't go kill me for this intro, man. <laughs> but definitely, man. Now we had a dope, dope, dope time. Um, I definitely advise everybody to make sure you go on Facebook and like the page, making the difference. Uh, you know, shout out to Kent and Jamal, uh, Kent Luther King, Ken making Luther King, making Luther King. You know, all the nicknames I've been giving him. Uh, definitely shout out to him This episode is definitely one you don't want to miss um, I loved it uh, Please stay tuned for more Making a Difference or Nas I'm be dropping those videos uh, Throughout the week uh, you'll, understand the, you'll understand the game Once you listen to the podcast man Making a Difference or Nas um, That was probably the, my, my best part of the, of the podcast Beyond with you So without further ado man I'm not going to hold you up Go follow the page Making a Difference on Facebook uh, Go like more of the masses on Facebook um, I hope you enjoy Happy Mother of the King Day And I'm going to let Kid Justice take us away with some new energy Go like that on Spotify And it's actually on Apple Music too Kid Justice, that's K-I-D-D Justice, you should be able to spell justice New energy I had to cut some things off Because I needed new energy. new energy I had to cut some friends off Because I needed new energy. needed new energy I had to cut the dreads off Because I needed new energy. needed new energy I had to realize what was And what wasn't working for me yeah, yeah. New energy. Brand new mentality. Yeah, yeah. If it ain't helping me prosper in life, then please don't bring it around me. I don't do gossiping. I don't do rumors. I like to ask questions. I don't do assuming. Don't worry about what the next man is doing. Focus on me. I'm too busy improving my mind and my body and soul. That is the ultimate goal. Ain't no one telling me no. If you ain't bringing in positive energy, sorry, but you gotta go. Hope you ain't finding me rude, but you got a bad attitude. I don't feel like dealing with you. I'm just trying to live my best life. I don't need nobody fucking up my mood. Learn how to distance myself from a situation that don't even concern me. If you feel some type of way about the wave that I'm on, then come on, join the journey. Worry about something that you can't control. Man, why are you wasting your time? Cause overthinking make it complicated. So don't worry about it, it's all in your mind. I had to cut some things off cause I needed new energy. I had to cut some friends off cause I needed new energy. I had to cut the dreads off cause I needed new energy. I had to realize what was and what wasn't working for me. I had to Mike check, Mike check, Mike check. Water Masters podcast. I got a special guest. Yes, sir. Ken Macon. What's, what's up, man? Man, what's up? Look, I was waiting for you to be like uh, Mortal Master Podcast's main, of course. Of course. Yeah, you know, I- <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a fan of the podcast, yo. 100, you know, when I, 100, that's 100. When I do my intro at home, I, you know, I do. I always do it differently from the person. Like, I, I'll do it afterwards. Or gotcha. I never really do it with, with the person there. Just because I let the podcast reflect, and then that's how I pick the intro I want to do. And I, wanna, I always want to introduce the person I have on. A lot of times I get, I get feedback. They're like, yo... The intro make you want to listen, you know what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. it makes you know how I need to listen to it. So, depending on how excited I am, you know whether to 
pay attention, or you could just chill, lay back, play the game. You know how that go. So for sure, man. Hey, uh, glad to be here, man. Thank the world. Thank the world of you. Uh, <laughs> look, cause I know people like, man, they just gonna be like dapping each other for like an hour. Nah, we just look, man. Real recognize real. Long, yeah. long and short of it. One thing I will say, just to start off too, is like uh, people don't understand that when I like some of the greatest feedback I get is from people like. You know how you you do you could do a podcast, you know what I'm saying? And it's almost like you doing a song, or if you if you write books, you write or you write poems. It's just certain people you really really want that feedback from that do the same thing you do. You know what I'm saying? And since we do like podcasts, like to me, you got one of the most complete podcasts in this in the city. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 complete. Like from beginning to end, you got a certain segment you're gonna do, and you come back, you play a song, you come back. Like it's always strategically put together perfectly. And so I, I be wanting the same thing. So a lot of times when I'm iffy about something, you, when you say, like, yo, this is good, you hit me up, like, that give me, I'm like, okay, I did good. You know what I'm saying? And even if it's not, like, that, like, not the greatest, because it's going to be slow weeks. Like, you, it's all dependent on what's going around us. You know what I'm saying? So, but you, you are, you're somebody that I pain I value a lot, especially with the latest podcast. But, like, in, in majority of the time, I value a lot because you're big on dissecting content and, your viewpoint on things is different than anybody else's because you might I might say something I mean in one way and you might say yo don't don't say that like that's a, that's a good take to have because blah 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 you know what I'm saying it's like I ain't think about it like that you know what I'm saying so that to me it brings like a balance you know what I'm saying I, and I, I'm a Libra so I love balance of course but <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug you know what I'm saying shout out to Libras but yeah I, I'm I, I bring uh I like to have balance in my podcast so like somebody like you. That, that that gives it to me, and then like I said, you gotta respect the craft. So if I respect somebody's craft, it's e- it's easier to take a lot of criticism and feedback from that person that you respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of like for people listening, that that's like how I view you, just like somebody that that's doing it. And like I said, when I first had you on a while back, uh, I was still new to it, so like I was happy to have a guest on. To be honest with you. Now it's like I'm just happy to express my happiness you know what I'm saying with you you know what I'm saying <laughs> and uh, that just, that's just like that's dope to me and I don't think I haven't seen you like really physically seen you since then anyway like yeah, we just talk on, online a lot but um, we talk a lot though you know what I'm saying and uh, every time I have podcasts with certain people we talk about you a lot you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like like it's like it's almost like we have a circle of people you just know and I said I know Ken like, oh, I know Ken too and then we all everybody said the same thing about you good dude you know what I'm saying so it's just like I said to me I look at Ken and making a difference. It's like it's needed for for the, for us, for the city to me for for every city just for the south for the south for the world. Um, mainly because you really take pride in making a difference, not just saying you're making a difference, not for the name's sake, not just for popularity, for actually change. And you, it's very rare. You, we just talk off air. It's very rare you find that with a lot of uh, entities. In, in our in our society yeah well i mean with politics i mean really really with anything man like you say it's just i mean it could be egos it could be people just trying to you know trying to make it you know it's just a, just a lot of different things like that man but i i was gonna say about you man just like continue to trust your instincts i think that's a, a really good thing about your podcast likewise it's not only that you trust your instincts and you do your research but you telling stories that to me, otherwise wouldn't be told. I mean, you having brothers on the show that's like, you know, that's like buddy that went to jail um, for the Sinclair, yeah, yeah for the for, Sinclair, the, for the little, you know, and then you had um, I think his name's Kenneth. Kenneth was talking about yeah. his daughter, you know. That's just, I mean, that's that's beautiful, man. And I think it, what what you're doing is is that, and I, you know, and this is what's so important, man, in, in media, not just black media, but media in general, is you're showing like. 
these narratives to be like untrue like the whole deadbeat black dad deal like how yeah you love your daughters love them to death I love my son and I'm like to be in maybe it's just the circles that people are around but like man I don't really know no deadbeat dads like that and it may be just something where people just recognize you can't come around me with that because I'm finna be like yo like take care of your kid or and I ain't trying to be on no respectability politics tip but I'm just saying if you listen to this podcast and you may be tripping you may you may have an issue with your baby moms or your baby dad or whatever man but yo you missing out on so much or when you you know what I'm saying when you not around yeah when you're not around <laughs> period like how I can't even imagine my little man just turned one January second. Yeah, I seen that man. Hey, birthday little man. Oh man, man. shadow can man. Y'all looked good in a little. I, I peeped the little shirts and stuff too. That looked good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, shout out my wife, man. Look, look, she go by Lauren and and you know with the with this, the button ups and the suit. That's Tana. That's my woman, man. Tana, <laughs> that's Tana. That's my woman. <laughs> yeah, man. Lauren, who's that? You know what I'm saying? Tana. That's my that's my woman, man. Hey, speak, but speaking and her of, birthday, make it so crazy. Her birthday tomorrow. Oh, oh! Happy birthday! Oh, to her. It's funny. It's happy on. birthday! We got action, bro, like that. Um, that's yeah, that's that's dope though. But you know, it's funny. Like she had mentioned one time on on on, on the internet, she was like, uh, "Me and Kim were just talking about that." She said, "Um, we don't know if, we don't know if we're gonna come to your store." And I be telling like, you know, I be joking on social media about how I'm at work. I made jokes because I can't do that at work. Right. So I, I'm a I'm a, I'm good at work. Beyond with you, like I, I I go above and beyond. But on social media, I'm not gonna. I, I try to, you know, be funny. And to me, it's things I want to say. You know, it's like almost like an alter ego. Like, so when I do something at work, I go above and beyond. I might post something that way I didn't go above and beyond, but I did it. It's just like it's funnier to say I didn't do it. Yeah. But yeah, I had to tell like now. I, I just be joking, man. Like y'all come through. I, I, I definitely show love to y'all. You know that already. But it just be funny that like, people think that for real. So they come in there and they be like, "Oh no, nah, not you." That's that's it's so complex, man. Because like, look. The fact remains, we hate our jobs, and I always feel like, man, I, I feel you. like I feel like you're the type of dude that if it really can't, like, if, if somebody told you, look, you can keep this job, but you can't do no more podcasts, you finna quit that job. Yeah, bro. it's I, over I, with. It's a wrap. Yeah, and I'm the same way, and it's like it's as much like you know, hey, I'm gonna figure out how to feed my wife and my son straight like that. That's funny because I, I be like, I have opportunities to move up sometimes, and I be wondering like, yo. Do I really want to move up Cause like Are they gonna be looking Into my stuff Or you know what I'm saying I have to lock my stuff up Or like They gonna say can you, do, you can't do the podcast And it's like I want the money But not that bad You know right. what I'm saying So I definitely agree with that Yeah that, that's definitely me I, I wouldn't I would, I quit in I quit in a heartbeat I might quit For less than that Be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying right. The way I'm feeling right now man um, my job is very representative Of America right now So it's not yeah. really It's been infiltrated You know We usually have A predominantly, predominantly black store Black management and I'll just say that for better words, it's been infiltrated, so it's different now. Yeah, very uh, it's different now, man. I know, I know. We kind of freestyling. Well, main don't really freestyle, yo. Main, main always have have a plan. Don't yeah, I got some things in there. I got some things but, written down. But I just um, without because I always feel pressure like when I come on a podcast because just the way I talk. I know some people's like, oh man, we don't want to talk about politics. And I mean, I do have a sense of humor. I like to talk about stuff, but. Just ensure what you talk about, man. It's just a phenomenon that's going on nationwide, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Is um the effect of corporate greed mm-hmm. and like the trickle down effect, and what ends up happening is it's like Maine and I are working class brothers. I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast is you know working class, so you may be working in retail, you may be working in manufacturing, and so you're dealing with this thing, this these things where you're like, well, man, the CEO is making bank, and in the meantime, us in the working class, we're dealing with. You know, we got to do more work or we're getting paid less or they're cutting our sick time. And it's just a bunch of BS, man. And it's like, look, I'm working. I'm already working hard for you. Like I'm already give, like I'm giving you this energy, man. And you 
consistently spit in my face, man. And that's I, I, that's part of the frustration with the job. The other part, obviously, is it, it keeps you away from the people you want, would rather be around. That's that's, that's definitely true. And I, I, it's funny you said it. Cause I feel like you're where you work at, where I work at, may have be going, maybe going through the same thing. Because I feel the same. I'm like, yo, y'all, yeah, cutting hours for what? Like. We still the same busy world last week, but what happens is they you cut the hours and they make the money still right. Like, well, we can do it with this amount of money. So now the forecast next year is gonna be way lower, and they get lower and lower and lower. And next thing you know, you got one person working in the store in every department. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, fam, we gotta go lunch. This this ain't gonna work. Yeah, you know. But that's business. There's a term. Uh, is your uh? Because I'm actually I don't, I've never even said this word on my podcast, but I'm gonna say it on your podcast. Niggermation. Niggermation. That's the word. Look it up. Got, oh, okay, it's a it's a real word. It's a. Oh, I thought you made it. It's up. a it's a phrase, man. I just learned it. I'm sharing it. I'm sharing it with y'all. Um, in Detroit in the '70s, there was this book that was written about brothers that was working in um in the auto industry, and so basically, it's the idea that one black person can do the work of three white men. Niggermation. Mm. No, that's crazy because I don't know. Why, I just thought of the, uh, the movie "Sorry to Bother You." Okay, I've seen that, that's an like, amazing that's, movie. Yo, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, like and I first watched it, I peeped certain things because, of how, like I said, when you, if, especially where I work at now, like I'm seeing this, I'm like, that's 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 satire. It felt be funny, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's true, right? And then I, you know, I, I watched it for real. Like when my daughter went to sleep, I watched it again. I'm like, yo, DVD of the house. I then got I it. watched it again in the morning. Then I, I think I kept it right back for like four days before I, before I actually bought it, which is bad. That's definitely bad uh, budget. I'm tell you right now, Redbox is definitely a scam. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I watched it. I watched it again. I'm like, yo, this is a good movie. Like, the 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 dynamics in that movie is really how they try to do in real life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then divide and conquer. The whole divide and you know take that one brother away, give him the little promotion. Think he doing something. You see how how, how yeah. big he at the next day. <laughs> That was like the funniest scene to me. Like I, I think I posted on my page too. I think it went over people's heads at first, but now I see people sharing it. Now I'm like, see, I was I was on a wave a little earlier, but it's all good. But yeah, that was a funny scene, man. That that is funny. They do do that. They, they get that one person that that position of workhorse. Yeah, and then but now it's like it do two things. One, it divides that group up, take the the, the strongest person from that group. But then the second thing it does is like it does give people a false hope of maybe I should work hard to get what he's gonna get. You mm. know what I'm saying? But it's like no, it's already picked. They this that's handpicked, you know that that's politics, you know what I'm saying? it's already politics <laughs> for you, you know what I'm saying? So to me, like that's how I look. I looked at that situation. I'm looking at my job, like yo, that's why he a manager. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you know, you don't know until until you know. You know, it's um the idea is like ideally a job would be a meritocracy, which means that you are rewarded for how much work you do, and when you're not, and when you know basically somebody gets a promotion because they kiss someone's behind. You know, better than somebody else does. Like the morale at work is low because it's like it's not even about how much work I do. It's about it's about how much butt I kiss. Yeah, yeah, so. pretty much. And but the thing is, people how they, how they look at it is like if you say that, and it's like a lose lose situation because if you say that, like you kissing da da da, the the comeback is you know you're mad because you're not where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know right. that's the comeback for. It. And then it's like um, vice versa. Oh, you're a hater, right? Exactly. <laughs> so you ain't gonna win, but. People that know know. It's one of them things. Like if you know, you know. Yeah. I know that sounds sounds very uh, mundane and just like to, to the point, but that's just that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
I want to. It's twelve minutes. So I'm gonna do. So I want. I want to do something real quick. I didn't do. I want to play. I want to not play a game, but uh, it's something to do that. Um, I don't think I've done this podcast before. I'm doing this uh, solely for you. So I'm gonna do something called uh, making a difference or nah. Okay. All right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna throw out some terms, and you could tell me nah or making a difference, right? Ooh, I like and I'll that. do. I'll do them three at a time. So I'll do three here, and then three. Throughout the podcast, gotcha, gotcha. And for if you want to, for the ones you say nah, you can explain why or what will make it making a difference. Okay. All right. So the first one I got, I'm just throw, I'm just going to do the first one. Mute R. Kelly. Mute R. Kelly. Man, that's making a difference. I do want to explain though. Um, <clears throat> what's happening with R. Kelly is not just an R. Kelly phenomenon, and I'm always conscientious about when we center. Society, real societal issues around a celebrity, around a, around a celebrity, around one person, simply because it's like the culture of sexual abuse isn't just in entertainment; it's in education, it's in religion, it's in a lot of different places. Wherein the attitude has to be: if you know of a sexual predator, or if you know of someone who, not even so much has a culture of sexual abuse, but someone who you know is putting women or children in danger you got to get them up out of here i don't care you know if it's if it's your dad or if it's your brother or if it's your cousin or if it's your pastor they got to go right like that but i i do think that it's important to have those conversations you know i'm always careful with hashtags you know because it you know how this stuff goes man like you you catch a wave and a lot of it becomes becomes hype i think the hype behind even the documentary is justified but at the end of the day we got to go from hype to like substance and i think the substance is you know completely doing away with sexual abuse to the point of where i think while understanding that you know um i'll just say in short black men do have a responsibility to protect you know we have a responsibility to protect our women and our children i, I will say that you know, I, I, not to not to um, stop that, but I was that's what I was trying to tell uh, Q when I did half our Black Power last week. We did like, kind of like an hour, fifteen minutes on that alone, and I was telling like you being pro black is like I seen the meme. It's like it makes sense. You have to hold black people accountable. That's gonna give you your your validation and even being pro black. Nobody wants to believe somebody pro black that can't believe black people can do no wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so bring me to my next Making a difference or not Holding black people accountable Oh man That's definitely making a difference Making a difference <laughs> <laughs> And I got I, It's funny you said it I got it right here Just, you just went I'm gonna t- tell you What's the trip I, um, And shout out Earl Grey Summers A lot of you guys listen to the podcast May know him He said something to me A long time ago And when he first told me I was like You, you can't be serious He said The black community Has a self esteem problem And I was like Wow and then when I really thought about it, even just from the perspective of what you're talking about in terms of accountability, we'll have people who say, well, we're not going to hold this black person accountable because of what white people may think. And we'll say things like that to where, you know, we, like basically it, it comes around to the point where we end up leaving people sometimes in positions of leadership where we don't hold them accountable. Mm. And I think, you know, not even so much necessarily in the realm of sexual abuse but i think just in terms of natural progression again whether it comes to you know you may have a mayor or a commissioner or a city councilman who's been in position for 10 or 15 years and you're saying well you know he's he looks like me or he goes to church with me but 
what is what is your town look like? You know, are there still certain areas of your city that are still impoverished? Mm. What what has that individual done over that period of time? If it's your pastor, like to me, like the growth of a church isn't even so much indicative upon like how many members you have. It's about what you're getting out of, you know, those individual people. Like, are are we seeing growth? You know, in that congregation, is it is there a culture of pettiness? Is there a culture of growth? Like, what does that church look like? You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, when you talk about account man accountability true accountability is is a very powerful thing man it's something that is desperately needed not only just in our community but just in general because it's it's yeah yeah. and that's why you know when i said the black uh people i I kind of said that first to kind of because i wrote it down i didn't know how to really word it like that but yeah i mean accountability amongst everybody obviously even whites holding even look at the average white person that ends up saying like no, I don't agree with this, that, and third. Like you looking like, oh, where? You know what I'm saying? Like you get like, I'm not saying you get on point, but you be like, okay, you might you might understand a little something, something, you know. And they held they accountable now. They might hang with you now. They might, you know, now you could it validates them a little bit and some of their opinions and their ideology. So I think that accountability amongst your peers or amongst your own is, is definitely um for sure gonna make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we feel like because you're black, you're supposed to be on my side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, sh- I can do, I can get away with this because you know you my, you my nigga. You know, what I'm yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They gonna say you my nigga. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so for for, for be- lack of better words, it's just holding my accountable will make a difference in how you view them. I will say this, man. This is one of the hardest lessons I had to learn, man, is that all skin folk ain't kin folk. Mm. And that's to say, you know, we we've been conditioned for better or for worse to think that well, if this person is black, then they're on my side. And I think if you just look at you know, I always say judge a man by his actions and by his policies. And I think if you do that uh, in the church, and I'm just and I'm just saying these because these are like black establishment organizations, course, fraternities, sororities. You know, like it's I mean it's it's just important to those people should be held by higher by by a higher standard. Of course, of course, man. Like I definitely agree with that. Um, you have to when you when you wear that suit, you know, when you're in that title. You take on all that weight, you yeah. know. So, um, and the last one, voting. Oh man, uh, making a difference or not? Nah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but gradually, I'm gonna say making a difference. I, what I think is more important than voting is uh, perpetually being involved in the political process. And what I mean by that is, most people think, "Oh, well, if I vote every four years for a president, I'm really doing something." And you're not. Because, like, even in Augusta, you have city, you have commission meetings. I want to say every week you have commission and committee meetings. Those meetings happen three, four times a month. So you got to think, okay, if that's a meeting a month, 12 months in a year, that's 48 meetings times four, that's 192. Good so, math. Quick math. Hey, man, it's a blessing, bro. So you done missed almost 200 meetings by the time you voted for another president. And then I, let me take it a step further. All right. So a lot of people will watch the news and they talk about Trump this and Trump that. But you really ain't got no you can't really have no conversation with Trump. I don't care what you tweeting Trump, you know, what I'm saying or responding to. But you can literally you can go to these meetings and you can talk to your commissioner. You know, you can talk to your elected official. And this is why. Most people's viewpoint is they care about national politics and then state politics and then maybe local politics. I say it should be the opposite. All like and there's a saying that all politics are local. So your political awareness should start locally and then that should expand to the state 
and then to national. And that's there's a real power in that. Just just for I mean, if nothing else, for the sake of accessibility, like whoever your commissioner is, like you could go to the meeting and after the meeting be like, hey, you know. I mean, this is how I feel about these potholes. This is how I feel yeah. about this poverty. And, and like you can, a role. Yeah. And, you, and like face-to-face conversation. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I hope people by now, they, they see what I mean. Like you, you mentioned the whole, you broke down the meetings monthly, then yearly, and then the next election and how many they missed. Like that's something that I don't think I've ever looked at, looked at voting process that way. Mm-hmm. So you do go there and you, Think about okay, you googling everybody and see, but you done miss all these meetings. So you, right. Google ain't gonna tell you what happened every, every meeting. You know what I'm saying? So by the time you're all voting, it's like you miss out on a lot of information, a lot of intel. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that everybody gonna have to go once a month, but it'd be nice if you can. You know what I'm saying? Just to kind of get a feel of things. But I and, and I would say that I even empathize because some people's like, man, I can't even go to all the meetings. Okay, I understand that. I will say before you get ready to vote. Like, make sure you get a sample ballot. Make sure you know who or what you're voting for. Vet these people. And I think even still, if your focus is local politics, you have an opportunity to vet a lot of these individuals. And I think you may you may have some people in your listening audience to say, well, I'm not going to vote. I do think there are conditions in which you don't vote. If there are candidates, like if there's a, if you got a ballot or if you got an opportunity to vote and there are two candidates that you do not believe in, then you don't vote. I, there are ways to recognize that you cast a ballot, mm. but you said, hey, I don't believe in these candidates. Now, I do believe in that situation that, and I mean, that's considered not voting, um, you know, to some, but I think that's, to me, voting is about making a conscientious decision. And if your conscientious decision is to say, you know what, and just for an example, and this is a national example, but it's applicable to what we're talking about. I don't believe in Hillary or Trump. Right, right, me neither. Straight Couldn't like that. It. Couldn't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, I thought it was the only one, yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I agree with you. Like, you can vote, but you don't have to vote for neither one. You can do your own thing. You can, yeah. you can do what you want to do and get to that ballot, you know right. what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's like I, I think that's a point people don't bring up. Like, the fact that, I, and I guess, too, because some people don't vote for the wrong reasons. We don't look at a right reason as to why they don't vote, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, we just only see that one. Like, I know I, I keep mentioning it, but I keep, the, the one girl just said it. Shout out to Tate, man, but... Jesus Christ, she was like, I'd rather stand in line for my J's than stand in line at the ballot. And it was just like, why, why are you saying it like that? But I know she liked to ruffle feathers, piss people off. She was smart when she was that Jolish, valedictorian, all that stuff. Yeah. Don't know what happened with her life since then, but like that just, I don't know, that I had to keep saying that because it threw me off to see it in the morning. Like, dang, you know you're smarter than that, though. I don't know if you, like, was it that serious? But here's the thing, though. It's like the terminology for that is respectability politics. And that's something that has really crippled, I think, black people. Is, I mean, if you think about like the the cost of J's, and we'll make it seem like that Jordan is single handedly destroying like the black economy or single handedly destroying black people. No, it's it's a it's a thing that people are interested in. And my thing is, it's like, okay, well, how do we even if even if it was so relevant, like people liking J's, like I mean, you could like anything, but if that was so important that you felt like Jordan's was. You know, the thing that's destroying the black community, like, why not care more about education at a younger age? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not care? Why not care more about, you know, uh, enriching education? And, And these things, again, go back to having a general understanding of political infrastructure. Like, who do I need to talk to to make sure that edu like that the education for my child is is adequate? And not only that, yeah. also understanding that. I mean, public education really is something that should be supplementing what you're teaching your kids at home. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I, I like one thing you had said. And this is kind of, I guess, you, that's a that's a good segue because you talking about kids. You mentioned that even with the R. Kelly doc um, that came out, uh, even your open monologue, which I, I realized was part of what just one of your statuses, and you were saying like, teach our girls, wait, stop, like no, teach teach everybody. You know, what I'm saying right. don't don't just teach one particular gender. Or one particular uh, set of uh, set of person, you know what I'm saying? Teach everybody because this is an everybody issue. It's not just a girl issue. It's not a, just a boy issue. It's not just a, a parent issue. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's uh, and it's not just a uh, oh you're 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 a rapey issue. It's a everybody issue. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So and when you when you single one out, you make it seem like that's the only one being affected by that particular situation. When right. everybody needs to know this, that's how you have people seeing things and not saying things because. You don't taught the girls this. You didn't teach him that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Little boy that may, may be able to help or maybe they'll say something. So I, I kind of, I definitely like, like I said, I like the way you put things a lot of the times. Um, just in a, I don't know if you sit down and just, if it comes to your mind that way, I don't know what you eat. I don't know if it's, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't know if it's the name, you know, but it's just like the way you able to attack certain issues and it's always from a standpoint where it's like, Okay, Dan, that was that's, that's another take. Cause I I be feeling like sometimes I know every take you could probably take on this particular stance, and I listen to the podcast, or I, I see you post on making a difference page, go follow that, or I see you post on your regular Facebook page. I'm like, I didn't see it that way. Okay, that's another way, you know. What I'm saying? And it's always an agreement though, because I don't know if it's just the way you think particularly, or just just the values you have with the way you think. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just always different than what I'm always expecting you to come at. I can topic. I can tell you it's um. It's it's a, I guess you could say well oil machine now, but it was a lot of trial and error, and I just kind of take you through real quick. I ain't, look, I ain't gonna tell you my life story, man, but I mean, went to college, thought I was the man, was gonna be an engineer, six figures done. Didn't happen like that. Just kind of fell out of love with engineering, grades dropped, came home, did some odd jobs, uh, got into journalism, um, got into black journalism. And then even like when I and when I say black journalism, I'm like working for a black newspaper. Yeah. Really, so I yeah. left, and you think, oh man, I'm working at a black newspaper. I know everything. But then it's like I had this saying, like people ask, be like, man, what you know? And I say everything and nothing. Mm. And um, and that's really how that's really like my approach to like just how I disseminate information because it's like that's a big word. I like I'm, that word. Man. I'm telling you what I know. But even still, it's stuff I hear that I don't know. So I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. Because, and I think people are so afraid of change. Like, you may say you have an opinion, you may say you feel a certain way about something on this podcast. In a week, you might get new information Mm. and you have to change how you feel about something. But then somebody say, well, man, you said this last week. And some people really kind of get into the whole prideful thing about that. Like, they don't want to be quote unquote wrong. Yes, yes. And it's like, well, like who, like who are we doing this for Like I'm doing this for Like for me For, for bettering myself So that's that's a lot of where I'm coming from You, you mentioned that Like and that's that's actually a good point Because how, how I How I even I just had that happen Matter of fact Where I did say a lot of things On a half hour Black Power About the The R. Kelly documentary And um It's not that I wanted to change What I want to say It's just that now I'm able to understand more About why people may have said What they said hmm. I didn't watch the documentary I feel like I didn't have to I was young I seen the tape I, it's him, You know whatever But what the, what the, the issue was When I did watch The documentary now I, see, I said okay Well how it's Given to us I could see why Somebody may post A status like 
y'all should check the parents, da 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 because it was a part it was a part in the documentary where it's kind of telling you like, hey, it's also this could be a reason why this happened also. Like so the documentary is kind of showing you in a way where it's like not saying putting blame on the parents, but also holding the parents accountable for their decisions. Yeah. And now I understood why some statuses, because I'm like, you may watch it at 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> I didn't watch it. So in real time, you just making a status in real time. <laughs> I see it the next day at 7. I'm mad now. Like, yo, what you mean the parents? You know, like, it's R. Kelly. He nasty. Da, da, da. Nah, now I see why. So I have to go back. That's what I'm saying it now. Like, I do understand why people may have said that. And they may they may have not been their overall opinion, but when you live tweeting, you live making statuses while you're watching something, I'm seeing it twelve hours later. I wake up with an attitude like you're an idiot. And you're not really an idiot, you know what I'm saying? But I mean I'm I'm just not I'm not watching like you watching it. You're perceiving it differently. And then when I watched the actual documentary, I was like, Okay, now I see why people were saying that. I, I seen them the the whole hour of them just making mistake after mistake as parents, you know. Right. Okay, I see it now. So I, so yeah, I I, I definitely understand like I can things change, you know, mm-hmm. and that also brings me to another thing I want to talk to you about too. This era or the social media era uh, or social media call where we canceling people. Mm. Um, I wrote, I ain't, I ain't got, I ain't gonna say verbatim, but I wrote on status on Facebook, pretty much saying like, to me, that cancel list or this cancel list we making, to me, it it uh, it takes away from ever being able to have somebody reform or change, mm. you know, like. Yeah. If somebody let's take Chris Brown for example, bad bad incident or whatever you want to call it, bad situation. Haven't had one of situations in almost a decade now. We cancel him. We are we giving him room to grow? You know what I'm saying? As a 18 year old pop star mm. that made a mistake that people make every day, probably worse than that. Yeah. You know, uh, canceling somebody like you, you're not giving no chance for reform. And if you're going to do that, it's like why even have the judicial system? If you still a candy, I should give you life. <laughs> you a, you a, you a thief now? Let me let me ask yeah. you something though. Did we did we really cancel Chris Brown? No, no, we didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. And 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 that's my thing is is that we got this cancel list and it wasn't out then. No, I just want to use that as an example. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just like just kind of saying just like for the general idea. Like we don't black people don't really we don't really cancel nobody. Like we're, <laughs> we're I'm I'm being for real. Like we you know we we ha- we had a social media front whatever, but I mean we just we are forgiving people, man. Just in 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 all honesty, like I'm I'm trying to think about who's somebody who maybe Omarosa, that may be the only person like we cancel. Even yeah, but it just, <laughs> things just didn't work out for also. So right, that played that played a huge role. Right, you know, because technically speaking, let's 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 keep it on uh, Kells whatever. Like if he hadn't had those hits, would we have? If he just came with some trash music the yeah. next couple years, he could possibly be canceled. He didn't. So we don't know, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I get I definitely get what you're saying. Like, and that's that brings me to another point, not to rush through there, but as black people, like I I I talk about all the time, I don't even know if we can even successfully boycott anything at this point in time. I here's my thing. We gotta understand what what it means to boycott something. And when I talk about boycotts, I always talk about boycotts from the perspective of the civil rights movement. And exactly. From the, and from yes. the Montgomery bus boycott. And you got to understand what happened there. Um, that boycott worked for two reasons. Well, three reasons. For one reason, it worked because of exceptional leadership. The second reason why it worked is because it was an economic boycott that specifically, like, it it cut off the arteries of, you know, the people who were running the buses. And they felt that. But I also think uh, the element, the reason why that it succeeded, too, is you have to look at 
the proximity in which the people live and the lack of media. So once this thing got started, the hype was the word of mouth. You know, the hype was, you know, you know, Dr. King is, is doing this and, and people picked it up and it worked from that way. Boycotts don't work now because and I, I think it has to do more with hyperpartisanism. And what I mean by that is, it's like you got people on this side of the room over here. You got people on this side of the room over here and nobody meets in the middle. And you'll be surprised how often this happens in the black community. Like we, we talk about like conservatives, like, you know, we talk about liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans, things like that. And we assume that black people, you know, are all Democrats and we vote pretty consistent in terms of Democrats. But here's the thing about it. Some of the most conservative people I know are black people. When you think about just their religious values, when you think about it's still taboo in some in some places in the black community to be homosexual. You yeah, know, when you, that's when you, true. Yeah. When you when you think about things like that. But to, to your original point, I think we can boycott. I think you have to understand that when you boycott something, it's going to be relative to how many people you can generate around that struggle and 400 people boycotting something in 1950 and make sure I do this, do this right. We'll say, we'll just say in 50, in the fifties or in the sixties. So a boycott of 500 people back then really meant something. A boycott of 500 people today, it just, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't hold up. That makes it. Yeah, see, that's, 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 that go back to, I mean, like I said, no pun intended. You look at things through a different lens, man. Like, like I, I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't have even thought of that Because I'm not thinking about the amount of people And population size mm-hmm. And that, that, that the fact that numbers even matter Right now you know what I'm saying Like yeah you're right um, Different times you know what I'm saying Different Before and I, I think before it was just it was, To me and I could be wrong It seems as if it may have been Just a little stronger unity back then About that I've, I've been having this conversation a lot with people recently. Help me understand how in the world in a short span, a relatively short amount of time of 50 years, this perceived unity in the black community turned into nothing. It's 20. Oh, that Dr. King was assassinated in 1968. So you mean to tell me in 50 short years, because it'll be in April, I think it's April 4th, 1968 was assassinated. Um, so you mean to tell me, and just around 50 years, like all that unity is is for naught. No, I'll tell you what. This is my hunch. And this is, like I said, researching and, and looking at different things. All the people who told you they was down with the civil rights movement wasn't down with the civil rights movement. Yes. yes. If you read yes. if you read Dr. King, I'm talking about his books, those last two books he wrote. He had so much criticism for the church. And he was basically saying, like, man, these church people and these bougie people can't get it together. So what that lets me know is it's like. Just like my complaints about the black establishment organizations that I have now, Dr. King has some of those same frustrations with the black elitist organizations in his time. And so, again, you had a few people that, no pun intended, made the difference or were making the difference. And (laughs) so, all right. And then you got to think, okay, there was a small amount of people that was able to create legislation that affected the masses. So they killed this man in 68. And I understand that, hey, man, they, they shot Malcolm. They just shot Malcolm in 65. Now they shot Martin in 68. People scared out here. And that's one thing. But between the what we're starting to see is it's like without that leadership, we're starting to see the community fracture. You take that 
and you add the war on drugs, the war on drugs kicked in in 1971. So now we starting to see brothers go to jail for no reason. And so now out of all of that, you're starting to see this breakdown. And I do think there was there was some unity in the community, but I think I think a lot of it is um is what's the word I'm looking for? A, a lot of it is fabricated. Mm. I do I do think so because I, I and I, I even think like if you think about like what our our grandparents and our parents passed down to us, they didn't pass down that militancy. They didn't pass down a revolution. They passed down like you think about what you learn about Dr. King. Most of what you learn about Dr. King, and I think this is true for most. I mean, black folks. Our, like in kids our age, like they didn't they didn't pass down a revolution. They passed down pretty much what we learn is what you learn in school. Like and that happens like in February. This is this is pertaining to Martin Luther King, right? Yeah, but Martin Luther King is so much more dynamic than that. I mean, like when you look at people now hollering about minimum wage and raising the minimum wage, Doctor King fought for that in '68. Last thing Doctor King did before he died in Memphis, he marched with a bunch of dudes. That was carrying trash. He marched with sanitation workers. Who in the world do you see if it was a bunch of trash, man, that was like, hey, man, the conditions are bad or even better yet. The labor struggle, I think that's the most identifiable aside from the government shutdown that's going on. I think it's fast food. You see the stuff that's going on in fast food. Who I hear that's um, elected official marching with people who working at McDonald's and Wendy's. You're not seeing it. But Dr. King was that dude that was marching with those people. And that's the that's the thing that's not that's not translating to today is you don't have I don't even think it's charismatic leadership. I think it's conscientious leadership that's able to say, you know what, if I can get the people in the working class struggle, if I can mobilize those people, then, man, we could really make some shake around here. Would you say Martin Luther King making a difference? Oh, my God, man. Like he made so much of a difference that people understood that killing this man is not enough. we got to kill his legacy. Mm. So we got to recreate him as you know this all lives matter type of dude instead of helping him understand that he cared about he might have not agreed with the terminology of black power per se but he definitely understood what it meant for black for black people to be able to mobilize and to be able to have political power and not only political power but economic power and god rest Mm. his soul for real and this is coming from somebody with an X hat on right now. Oh, man. But see, that's the thing about them dudes, man. Like, I used to do this when I was younger, man. I used to want to say, well, Tupac and Big is like the Martin and Malcolm of today. And that's, such, that's so culturally irresponsible. I mean, it's... And the thing about Martin and Malcolm is, I think this is something that we do, too. It's like, if I got a viewpoint and you got a viewpoint, they're different viewpoints. We feel like, oh, we rivals now. Like, we don't ever sit down at a table and be like, hey, man. We both have a common goal of wanting to see our community be better. How can we integrate? This is the integration that should happen. We should have an integration of ideas. We want to integrate like people. And America has shown us that that doesn't always work. Right, right. So, and that's a whole other conversation. I'm just stay with Martin. That's, that, that really just made my, like, made my mind like, explode. But when, I, when I said that, and I wasn't like pinning them against each other because I'm, I'm somebody I like, I like both of them. Like, I think people forget that, like, they forget that portion of it. Like I can like Malcolm and like Martin just as much. I don't have Malcolm. to pick. Yeah, Martin and Malcolm. Okay. Yeah, I don't have to pick neither one of them. You know what I'm saying? But, but here's the thing about them though that that history doesn't tell you. Well, we'll say public education history. Like them two dudes by '64 and '65 was like finishing each other's sentences, man. Like they was really starting to see the economic injustice, and I think that's even something today that 
we got to understand we can talk about racial injustice is very relevant to like all forms of life. But government is not going to respond to outcries of racial injustice the way that they're going to respond to outcries of economic injustice. When you start talking about raising the minimum wage, when you start talking about wealth disparities, you putting your life on the line. That's <laughs> I mean, real rep. That's what got that's what got, you know, Martin and Malcolm killed, man. They start talking about the money, man. You know, we talk about like we we kind of throw around like, you know, economic terms like securing a bag and don't nothing move but the money and we saying stuff like this, but you really don't even really understand what you're saying when you say things like that, man, cuz I mean, it's you know, we say things like, you know, if, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Like you you don't really understand how much of a self-fulfilling prophecy that is, man. Mm. I mean, like in that that I, I'm glad you even uh mentioned that because I was when this drop, it'll be Martin Luther King Day too. So that's actually dope. Now I got some content for that. Oh, but, you, got uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, and I was that wasn't planned. You know, I didn't have no Martin Luther King question. I just knew that was coming up. Right. But um, and I guess too, is, I I don't think you you can really even have a conversation about making a difference without even having a reference to Martin Luther King. Sure. To be honest with you, like at least as a black person, I don't know yeah. what they do on their side, but on my side, yeah, I can't. You can't do that. And I think I even think even still, we got to expand that conversation. Like I'm I'm mad. That uh, that we even have a Black History Month because Black History is something that should be taught all the time. It's such an integral part of American history. When you look at, um, and this isn't even, I just used it on a recent podcast as a as kind of a, a checkpoint. When you think about the slaves that were brought to Jamestown in 1619, and this being 2019, you got 400 years of struggle, and there's so much history that's in there. When you look at who built this country, Black people. When you look at, I mean, even now, as I use that term, you know, niggermation, and you look at working class Americans, so much of that is us, you know, and it's just. Real quick, just sure. I mean, just because I want to get it on actual video, like just the, nigg- the niggermation. Yeah. Can you describe that one more time? For oh, me? sure, sure, sure. So it was this this idea of, of niggermation is something that was established in the 70s. It was um, there were two guys uh, out of Detroit. They were. Uh, describing basically just some of the the working they actually interviewed uh, brothers that was working in the auto industry during the 70s and it's this idea that one black person can do the work of three white people and I mean the thing that got me is because I'm 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 really looking at working class struggles and I'm trying to understand it Um, I'll just even share this uh, with you quickly you guys may have seen the meme about Donald Trump feeding the Clemson kids uh, the fast food when they went to the White House and, you know, we laugh and we call him Donald Trump, you know, Hamburger burglar and all this type of stuff. But I don't think people understand that even in that room is three working class struggles. The first is the government shutdown. The reason why he served them kids fast food is because the government shut down. Why? Because he said Mexico was going to pay for a while. Uh, now they're not. Now we're paying for it. That now, now, apparently, we if we don't pay for it, he's going to shut the government down. So you got that. I also talked I talked about the fast food struggle. That's McDonald's, Wendy's. You got a girl in McDonald's who is a dude fighting her over a straw. Like, she literally had to throw hands to get this dude off him. You know what I'm saying? That was crazy. Yeah. And then you also got the NCAA athletes. Like, this is something you can relate to. Shout out Don, man. Shout out Don Coleman, man. The hey, GOAT. The GOAT, man. <laughs> Little GOAT. But um, pay the players. Pay these kids, man. I mean, NCAA is making billions of dollars. We sat up here. We watched Clemson beat smoke off Alabama. You know, we watched. We're gonna watch the NCAA tournament. We're gonna watch the Final Four. We're gonna watch all this stuff, and these kids are not being paid, man. It's a labor rights issue, and it's a civil rights issue, man. If you think about, I mean, 
where some of these kids coming from. And you can go to these communities for decades. Coaches go and they oh, we we going to go to like in Florida, it's these places, you know, that's like so low income places. They go there for 20 years. They pluck these, they pluck the natural resources out of the communities is what they do. Mm. And the community still look the same 20 years later. I mean, it's it's just if you you say in a different lens, it's just man, once like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm. That's that's really how it's something like bad. Like even my wife is like, come on, and I'm just like, I can't unsee it's, it. It's, that's crazy. I feel like that's the same thing we said earlier. Like once you know, you know. Yeah. Like you just you just, and you just see it from that from that way on. Yeah, and I and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, you know, that's just we talked about balance. I think that's the importance of having balance, man. Is you know, for I saw man. Speaking of that, man, I saw a beautiful movie today, man. Uh, if Bill Street could talk, if you man, if next movie you should see. I know, look, I, I'm a, a superhero. I like them type of movies, so I ain't seen Aquaman. Yeah, I'm gonna go see Aquaman sooner or later. But um, if Bill Street could talk, it was such a beautiful movie because, in a word for it, I would use is dignity. It was a dignified movie, despite the tragedy that happened in that movie, man. And what really poured out of the screen was the love that the two um that the two main characters have for each other man i think that's something that you know as we talk about the black community and we talk about black struggle you still got to keep this thing in perspective you know you for being a podcaster and i think just the way that you that you do your podcast i don't think you necessarily mean to be an activist but you're an an unintentional activist Mm. by virtue of just who you i never thought of it that way but that makes sense but at the end of the day the most important thing to you is like you know the fact that you're a father, you know what I mean? The fact that you're a big brother, that you're a son, things like that. So that's that's the balance that we got to have, man, is just like, and in a way, the stuff that I say and the stuff that I do is really to create a better world for my son, is to create a better world for my wife, you know, for my family, people like that. I mean, to me, like, I never looked at it as being like an activist per se. Yeah. But now, now that you say that, like, when you have a motive and you're trying to you acting on it, obviously, like it makes sense. Like yeah. I never, I just never looked at it that way. Yeah, and, like, I, and, and I don't mean I definitely don't mean to like trivialize the term, man. Because like if you intro- please introduce yourself to make sure that people is listening to this podcast. Like if you ever get interviewed by like the news or somebody like that, don't be like you know I'm main uh, activist. No, be like I'm the host of the More Than Masters podcast. Let people you, know who you, you are. I had to. I experienced that firsthand, man. I, um, without getting too much into stuff, man. Uh, CNN called me man earlier this year or last year, and uh, I introduced myself as an activist. And in hindsight, I'm like, "Yo, you had this amazing platform, and you didn't tell them about the making a difference podcast." But you live and you learn. That's yeah. And I remember you even had a, a you had a podcast that yeah. said that, and that was the title of it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, you you're a funny guy, so I thought you was joking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I thought you was I thought you were joking just to like just to kind of say that, like, but listen to me, you yeah. know. So I listened obviously, but I thought you was joking when you said that. So that's that's funny that that, that was actually a true story. Um, a good thing also, even while we're talking, is that um, a couple of topics that I had, like we just touched on them without even me having to segue into nothing like that. Um, so what I'm gonna do real quick is I'm a uh, I'm a do another making the difference or nah okay and then uh we'll go from there all right so i got for first for for, for starters at least black elected officials making the difference or nah see man you out here see you you you, you open <laughs> I did my, the intensity I did my research, man, man. <sighs> nah <laughs> nah cuz uh, they, they, they ain't doing it man here's the thing right 
you have more black elected officials now than we we have more black elected officials now than we ever have. Is the community getting better? Is the community getting worse? And I think most of us will say worse. I don't even think these people necessarily have bad intentions. I think what happens is is that, and here's the thing: it's like people always people ask me all the time, "Ken, when you gonna get into politics? Ken, when you gonna?" I think you asked me that. Yeah, actually, today. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that what I here's my understanding is, I'm so much more powerful in the grassroots simply because, let's say I run for. I'm in, I'm in North Augusta. Let's say I run for city council and I win. I can't just speak to black issues as a city councilman. Why not, Ken? Because my constituents are not all black. Mm. And I got to serve my constituency. That's the thing about being an elected official is that you have, a, you have to serve a constituency. And it's very hard for people to differentiate between their personal beliefs and serving their constituency. So that's why, for me, I enjoy that autonomy that comes with grassroots because I can say what I feel. Um, I can feel what I say and people can't put a price tag on that. You know what I mean? That's right, like, right, you know, right. And I, and I feel like that a lot, I do, I, I don't feel, I know that a lot of our elected officials are bought off. So that's, that's the, that's the first part of the discussion. The second part of that discussion is, is that again, all skin folk and kin folk. So you got black elected officials who look like us, who try to speak like us, but who don't address black politics they address respectability politics that's how you get things like a sagging pants ordinance ah uh, my next one and look that's how you get the sagging <laughs> pants ordinance in an area where your, edu- your education rates are struggling so we're we're correlating issues that are relating to poverty and lack of opportunity to respectability is well if that person will put bruh if wearing a belt I think I said I think I said this when we first uh when we first met and did yep. did that podcast. Sure did. Bruh, if 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 pulling on a belt and a suit and a tie was like the key to wealth, man, I'd be so paid, bro. You <laughs> how many times have 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 we gone to interviews, man? I mean, we got on our best best belt, you know, polo best slacks. Dressed. I'm saying, man. Popping tag. Man. Look, just fresh out the uh barbershop, man. Come on, man. That stuff don't correlate, man. We were another candidate. Another yeah. candidate. <laughs> Or or nah or nah, it's that's a nah, man. And I, and I hate that, man, because whew, that's that we we can go deep into that rabbit hole, man. It, I I'll say some unpopular stuff. Man. What about uh, government shutdown? The government shutdown making a difference or not? Nah? Oh no, nah, God no, nah, man. Um, I hate that, man. I hate it. Not just because we 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 make everything about Trump in this country. The media makes everything about Trump. You know, we talk about politics, is man. Uh, Trump, man, he he's a hole, whatever. But what we're not talking about is is the people that's out of work, man. We not and or they, they got to work and don't get paid, right? Furlough, right? Um, it's so many different elements to the shutdown. It's things that we don't know because, like for example, King Day's coming up, and you got museums like the museum uh, in D.C., the African American Museum. That museum is shut down for the government shutdown. Wow. So you That's crazy It's it's so many like Things that I mean For one The most important thing for me is Working class people not getting paid Or working class people Being out of work But I think beyond that When you look at amenities And you know Just places you'd like to go And things you'd like to do That you can't do Because of a government shutdown um, 
it's funny because there are some complaints. I mean, when you look at TSA, you know, you got a Super Bowl coming to Atlanta in three weeks. Yeah. So, I mean. Different lens. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that at all. Yeah. You, you feel safe being in Atlanta? You feel safe being in Atlanta Airport Everybody right Everybody bringing hammers. I'm just <laughs> like that. So, what it's, a, it's sad, man. What about uh, following Making a Difference Facebook page? Oh, man. Making a Difference or not? <laughs> That's that's making a difference, man. Look, I, <laughs> got got to do it, man. Got to share it. some stuff too, man. You're gonna make a difference. <laughs> share it, follow it. Do I mean do that? And and the podcast too, man. I tell people, man, look, SoundCloud.com backslash making. And let me say it's M A K I N a difference because some people be on here like M A K I N G. No, 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 no. And that's like why I keep saying, uh, no pun intended. I spell making like that. I don't put the G on my stuff right. when I'm t- when I'm texting. So that's, <laughs> but I keep telling you that. But yeah, I just um and I. T- even with like with your listeners, man, I don't think y'all understand how powerful it is for Maine, not just from like a personal feeling thing. When you're seeing people sharing your podcast, they yeah. give you a certain intrinsic feeling. It's it's pride in your work, you know what I'm saying? But it's also, I mean, it's helping keep Maine afloat because like the way this this social media algorithm is, man, it's the devil, man. Because there's so many, it's like, you know, we sharing memes. We sharing viral videos and the stuff that don't really have any content or doesn't really count for anything. But then you got people like Maine out here who's like telling real stories and Facebook is like, nah, we don't need that. I know, right? Yeah, yeah man. it's a challenge. Um, yeah, that's that is crazy. I seen you post something one time about like I think you you did you did a, a kind of like a boycott or a stance with the NWCP, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and I don't have my notes. I just, I, I, I'm, this is really for me following you. I don't sure, have this written down nowhere. But um, it was about, whether it was, was, it, was you boycotting Facebook? Yeah, it was about the NAACP. What they um, had realized was is that they're, and I'm trying to think, because they had a, a number of things that they were they were looking at. But basically, the long story short, NAACP was saying they're going to do like a mass log out of Facebook. You know, they were, um, and I can tell you what it was. There was a discrimination in some of the hiring practices, like at Facebook. There was also some things where, oh, it was so complex because I did the podcast because they were saying, like, uh, you know, Facebook was leading certain black folks. Uh, they were thinking they were being, uh, like, uh, hijacked by, like, Rush. just a bunch of, there was some There were some crazy elements to it. But I, Well, <clears throat> what I took from your podcast, right, is uh, – one, well, one thing I know for sure is that I, you know, we got half hour Black Power. I had tried to do something different with Q one time where we were just going to do kind of like video. Mm-hmm. I was going to just ask some questions on video, kind of like how Hit the Say but Vlad does mm-hmm. sometimes, and I was going to do like that. And I did one, and I was trying to. We uh, had a sponsor, mm-hmm. so I used the the money they gave us, and I put it in, on a card, and I was going to use that to boost. I don't like boosting posts, but if I get a sponsor, I, I'll go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't let me do it. Yeah. They just for that, it was a I felt like it and that's why I like the logout podcast because I'm like, yo, I get it because I had a a a, a video I really wanted to boost just about a black issue and I forgot what it was at the time. But I'm like, they were blocking it every time I changed the title. Like it, it was, they found something to say why you can't I had an upload video four or five times, then made four or five videos and like they kept telling me, Oh, it doesn't go with our policies of da 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 and I'm like I never had no video <laughs> not be able to be boosted. But the moment I have a, a, a video, and I, I knew I had one, so I'm like, I was like, I liked it. We couldn't use it. I'm like, what was going on? I posted it, but I mean, it, it didn't touch what I wanted to touch because, you know, it didn't get boosted. But 
that's the frustrating thing with like with what we're doing because like you rely so much on social media, you rely on Facebook, Instagram, yes, things like yes. that. But even like with myself, man, I'm understanding that the evolution of what I'm trying to do, like you gotta get beyond Facebook. And that's the thing. Again, this is why I'm like challenging your audience because, like, man, you got you got to support this brother. Like, share his stuff. You know, I think we feel like sometimes, man, I'm sharing. I'm I'm doing too much. I'm doing nah, nah. Listen, but and to my point, like, we gotta evolve past this social media thing. If I, that's like me, okay. If I go, if I'm trying to get some CDs off, like if I'm trying to, you can't sell the CDs out of trunk. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to this gas station, they telling me, well, you know, you're um, you're loitering. Then I got to try to get my CDs off somewhere else For me to try to continue to go to that gas station And get them CDs off is not viable for me And I think it's the same way with like Facebook And, and social media and things like that You know for Just for lack of a better We'll just say just like uh, You know black urban media podcast or, And just urban media content If you understand that Facebook is pushing you down the line Like you got to try to find another way To get this stuff off But again that's money and different things like that But Trust. I. I mean. I. I definitely identify, identify with that struggle. Um. One. Th- another thing I wanted to talk to you about was. Uh. You mentioned. Uh. The gender bias versus racial Ooh. bias. I wanna. If you don't mind, I wanna read some of. Sure. Have your, uh, your, your status you posted. So. It says the new Jane. The new danger in gender bias being prioritized over racial bias. Despite their efforts, the media couldn't break up the frequency in which black men and black women married each other. Over eighty percent of black marriages are interracial, intra-racial. intraracial, and that's different from interracial. So yeah. intraracial, overhyping and gender bias is creating some real conflicts, though, and not just in viral videos. It does two things. First, it creates a scenario in which white women and black women are comparable victims. It's patently false, based on statistics in finance, healthcare, poverty, among others. The second thing is it does. Second thing it does, it unnecessarily makes villains out of black males. And we already know how the media perception shapes people's view on black men and black boys. So real quick with that. Um, describe that. Describe that. If the feeling of, were you writing this? Because you're a writer, too. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing different things. I, I try to center myself around different conversations and different people on social media, man. It's really... I just I will even say in the last like two to three years, man, just some of the people I've been able to come across, not just, you know, in the in as it relates to, um, you know, when we talk about black men and black women and just those relationships. But just even how like I raised my son and, you know, just how we raise kids and not spanking kids, which that's uh, another conversation. But what I'm seeing with, you know, the gender bias and racial bias and race bias and gender bias. And racial bias. What I'm seeing those what I'm seeing now is, in short, and you know, I'll just I'll just put it this way: If you're a black person, African American, whether you're in, whether it's you know, black women, whether it's LGBT, understand that in America, your race is always going to take priority over that class struggle mm. because. Being black in America, by virtue of policy, by virtue of how government treats you, you're being treated as a second-class citizen. So here's what happens. I understand why people subscribe to gender bias. I understand understand why people subscribe to the LGBT, those movements, because those movements give you power. But then here's what happens is, is that when you 
affiliate yourself. I see this with white with white women and black women all the time. I remember when Trump was elected, and it's worth mentioning that Trump was elected, I want to say, by 53% of white women. 50, 53% of white women, 53, 59%, I forget, voted for Trump. So, you know, you had, um, I remember the women, uh, white women, they were wearing these uh, pink vagina hats. And I was like, what What kind of move? I was like, what, kind of, <laughs> what part of the game is this? And the thing is, it's like, this is the thing, again, black people are so forgiving. And we will because we're marginalized and we feel disrespected. If we somebody, if we see somebody else being disrespected, we're gonna jump into the fight. We're gonna support mm. them. But where's that same energy when young brother gets shot in the street? Where's that same energy? Let me tell you the movement of last year, right? Me too movement. Everybody was talking about me too. Me too was an important movement. Is an important movement. That movement was started by a black woman. Everybody don't know that because Hollywood co-opted that movement. And made it more about Harvey Weinstein yeah. and Bill Cosby. And here's my thing: if you're gonna start a move, if you're gonna start a movement, that movement has to trickle down to everyday people. It's got to change the attitudes and the actions of everyday people. If your movement don't do that, it's a failure. If you're gonna have a conversation about Me Too, understand it's got to it should curb how black women like how black women feel about sexual assault. Well, I should say they shouldn't like those. Those like there should be a culture of protection around black women. Right, there should right. be a culture of protection around black children. Me too didn't provide us that because me too didn't really care. Because even though me too was founded by a black woman, that was co- that movement was co opted to the fact where it didn't even like it relegated black issues to second class status, and that's what happens. I understand why. Black women do have real concerns. Malcolm X said it. There's no no woman more disrespected than a black woman. I, I, I agree. And and I see it all the time. There are there are dynamics even in and there are some situations where black men black women are disrespected by black men. So Ken, what's the difference between a black man disrespecting a black woman and a white man or white people disrespecting a black woman? It's got everything to do with uh, the systemic part of it. A black man, like, does a black man disrespecting a black woman on a wide scale keep black women out of jobs? Does it keep us impoverished? Or does it does it keep black women impoverished? There are things that black men can do to improve those dynamics, to improve those relationships. But by and large, what what affects black women more than anything else is systemic racism. Mm. That makes sense, though. Yeah. And that's 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 actually a good point too because I think a lot of times we like that's that 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 is the the thing people people that's argumentative want to say well how is it different from this person doing that when a, a cop kills a black kid what's the difference between a black kid a black person killing a black person it's like they always have them kind of questions of what's the difference and it's like why are they even a question right now you know what I'm yeah, saying? It's, <laughs> like, it's, that's it's, not even important but what but what it show, what it shows me is that people don't understand. Like people create false uh, equivalences and they conflate things. Like the to me, the difference between a cop killing a kid and it don't have to be. I mean, I'm just saying a cop in general killing a black kid versus a black kid killing a black kid. For one, one is government uh, funded, is taxpayer funded, and one isn't. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, and that one took an oath, one didn't take an oath to protect. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't pick. I didn't take an oath to protect anybody's life, did it? You know? You know what I'm saying? Though? Yeah. Um, and I just want to, but I, I want to make sure I kid this part because one of the most 
best part I seen of that post was you said uh black men black men and black women need each other now more than ever. Don't let anyone tell y'all differently. Oh my God, man! Like so, I wanted to make sure that part was in there. Um, to me, I like I just went to the page and I seen. That. I was like, oh, this is this is dope. I like this. You know what I'm saying? That was something I wanted to I wanted to just kind of discuss, just kick because um, we have characters on Facebook. We know that you put write a long post. Most people not. I'm I, me personally. I don't. Normally do to see more Depending on who you are You know what I'm saying I'm not I'm 100 I'm, 100, I'm, be, I'm be 100 honest You know what I'm saying Man you 100 man That's what I love about I'm you not, I'm not I'm not clicking see more I don't want to see more Half the time Because by the time I see more Bird I box get, Oh my god I'm trying to tell you man Give my bandana right now I want the Same one Joel Santana had You know what I'm saying <laughs> And that dips that anthem Bird video. gang already um, <laughs> uh, But yeah so Another thing that uh, I definitely wanted to I definitely had to make sure I discussed with you Is um I seen you post about this, but then I also seen it on Twitter. And I, when I seen people on Twitter post, I said, "Whoa!" Um, Publix was recently the Sapper Center was recently bought. Oh man! On Washington Road, this the you called it a Greater Land, Greater Augusta Land grab. Yeah, that's, man, that's, that's what you're tagging it as. That's what I'm tagging, and, and the colonizers. That's what I'm the I'm colonizers. Tagging. Yes, man. Um, that's one of my. This part is actually about the masters. So. Yeah, this one. Of, <laughs> look. <laughs> But it's more than that. It's, it's deeper than the masters. It's, it's, it is, in fact, more than the masters. <laughs> um, it's one of the one of my most proudest moments in doing what I'm doing, and I think is you may have had this moment, or you're going to have this moment where you're going to do a podcast, or you're going to do a video log, or you're going to do something, and it may not get the likes that you think it should get. It may not get the recognition that you think that it should get. But you yourself will realize, hey, man, I'm growing as a podcaster. I'm growing as a you know as a as a member of the media. And that was the moment for me is when I did I did a promo for it for this uh, for this podcast called The Colonizers. It was dope too. I remember that. And uh, oh, it's look, it's, we're gonna be back on it in April. It, it, every year I'm gonna see that from now on. But um, yeah, man. And it's ba- it, basically what it did is it showed like the racist and the bigoted history of Augusta National, like how it was built on you know former slave former um, you know slave uh, pro- former plantation property. Mm, and, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it just just went through, it went you know I went through and just basically broke that thing down. <clears throat> so the Great Augusta Land Grab. If you're going down Washington Road, for those of us who have been in Augusta for a while, like Augusta National basically started out as like the club, which is still a lot of land. Don't get me wrong, and it extended about as far as uh, what's that shopping center like where it, Belk used to be there. And that was that was that was Augusta National. Now a little small piece. Yeah. They have physically extended that all the way to what's this, Alexander Road? Yeah, Alexander that's, that's the road, yeah. Yeah. So and basically so the, like Augusta like the I call it I call it the golf club. I ain't ain't no little more than a masters. That's all <laughs> about. That's the only massive knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was at Bertman's Road and that, that was it. Now it's down to Alexander Road. Now They've got the public shopping center. So what you're saying is this land grab. Now, Ken, why do you care about that? I care about that for various reasons. The first and most important reason is, it's like I tell people, it's 52 52 weeks in a year. In Augusta, there's one week that's more important to the establishment than any other week. And it's that week when that tournament's in town. And what I always challenge people to as constituents, as citizens, as just people who live here all the time is, ask your commissioners, ask your mayor, how come it, why is it that 
this week is more important than the other weeks? Why can't you give me the same energy that you give me on Masters Week? Mm. Why can't, why can't, uh, because it's another name for Augusta, man, that people have is Disgusta. And for 51 weeks, uh, 51 out of 52 weeks, like it's, it's really, it's Disgusta, man. And it's like for one week, they clean everything up because, hey, Tiger's coming to town. Phil Mickelson's coming to town. And it's actually, it's funny, it took us a while to get here. But this is why I'm always careful about, you know, and this is something that was ingrained in us when we were young. Hey, I'm going to put on for my city. I'm going to put on for my state. I'm going to put on for, you know, whatever. And I'm like, man, you got to be careful with that, man, even within the context of Augusta. And I hope people that's listening to this don't misconstrue this. But, like, stop putting on for a city that don't put on for you. Oh, Augusta don't put on for you, man. At all, like these 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 uh, elected officials, they don't. This state, its policies here right now that hold you down. So you putting on for an area that I mean, even with if you look within the content of just like your Facebook friends or your community, like it's a lot of people who've had this, who've experienced this. Man, I gotta leave this city. I gotta leave this state. Just to get people who support my work, who support my content, who support my podcast. I don't, man, real rap. Man, I don't know what I don't know what I would do with making a difference without the people I went to college with. Because local I'm not getting that energy locally. It's sad. It's unfortunate, man. Because it's because I love I love black people, regardless. But I love black people in this area. I love the history of this area. And the joy that I have is is helping people to try to reclaim that glory, to come up out of this struggle. Like I um I just did this podcast called Surviving, and during the course of the podcast, I was saying, man, I just I want black people to do more than survive. I want us to thrive, and that's my issue with the Great Augusta Land Grab is is that it land is power, land is you know is economic viability, and so you have rich people getting richer. And using their influence to buy up all the, to you know buy up all this land, and people got and people got to understand what that looks like. Like they're they're able to do things now. They're I mean, we talk about the commit we talk about the commissioners, and we talk about the mayor. Augusta National don't answer to no commissioners. They yeah, answer to the mayor. They, they definitely don't. They 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 they're their own boss, and they they are their own boss by virtue of the decisions that they make, the money that they have. And there's got to be some pushback against that because I didn't elect them. I can't elect them guys at Augusta at all. National. Yeah, they do their own thing. It's like like a lawless game. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly <laughs> what they are. That's exactly who they are. And so that's why my challenge is like to to city officials. Hey, you got to push back against this thing, man. What would, would would you be surprised or would would, would you be? I know you, I know you'd be surprised. Would you be excited about a? Official or somebody running for something that runs their campaign on pushing them or oh I mean I mean it goes without saying I would the backlash that they would get would be would be unbelievable because you got to think it's almost like how much money would they put behind a behind behind an opposing candidate to beat them that's true that's true that's true that's true the and and the resources that that, that they would have to be able to do that. 
the advertisements, the things that you would see to try to keep this keep this person out of office. And you would kind of you would kind of have to compete with them anyway in doing so. Like once they get wind that you're doing that, you you wouldn't be able to compete with that type of money. Yeah, you at would, all. Twenty one million. They just they just bought some twenty one million. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's and crazy I mean, you number. think about like when we start talking about these numbers, it's like man. We like we we in this room right here. If we fill this room with a million dollars, like you have no idea what that would look like. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I mean, and I, and I wouldn't. I've never. I mean, I don't know if it would be high. If it would be just spread. Right. I, don't, I don't know. I've never seen it. But that's a million dollars, and we talking about. Oh, by the way, we're gonna put another twenty million in this room. Yeah, I get, I get, I get, I get you going. So now. now it's like this is this is an obscene amount of wealth. And see, my thing is, I'm like this. Everybody don't like to talk, don't like to talk about this, but I do because I know who built this country. Reparations. We got to redistribute some of this wealth, man. It's, I mean, it's to the point like the wealth disparities are so large, and there's there's so many people who are without. And when I think about, again, the people who built this country and their ancestors, and you know, not not just, you know. Reparations for slavery, but then you look at stuff like redlining and how many different times we've been kept out of opportunities, like you know, to to own land, or you may have had land and it was stolen from you, or stolen from your grandfather, you know, or your great grandfather. It's just so many atrocities that have been committed, and there there does need to be some form of restitution. I mean, I I, I definitely agree. I I, I would want to know from you, like, what what would you what, what you think would have to happen for that to happen? Oh man, like. Cause we can't say well we need a black person in the office because we didn't have that now. Did we? Well, nah. We, you know, to me, I, you know, my personal opinion, no. I mean, I want no disrespect to Obama. Right. I want a black person in office. Here's the thing, and I'm I'm gonna just break it down culturally because I think that's the important way to do it. You know, uh, pre- the former president Obama meant a lot to us in form of imagery, in form of, hey man, this guy, you know, he didn't have any trouble in the office. You know, he's looked like he was a, a great husband and a great wife. I mean, excuse me, a great husband and a great father. But understand something. President Obama's mother was white. President Obama's father was Kenyan. Well, Kenyan ain't, ain't that black. Again, this is where culture and, and understanding like comes into play. Like you have people from African nations who see descendants of slaves as lesser than. They don't identify with us. Right, right, Does a right. Kenyan identify with the descendants of slave struggle? The answer to that is no. We're, we're starting to see some of that conflict now, even among, and when I say African-American descendants of slaves, I mean, you know, people who are descendants of the folks who were brought here. Who okay. Were, no, it's all good. Who were brought here in, you know, 1600. And so, like, based on that, does President Obama identify with that struggle? It's hard for me. Dude lived in Hawaii, then went to Harvard. I, where went to? So you lived in Hawaii. <laughs> you lived in a virtual. You lived in a paradise, and then you went to Ivy League school, where you you know you went through the process, and then they dropped you in Chicago to be like a community organizer. It could be argued that you didn't really you you didn't even really feel or see anything with a black struggle until you got to Chicago. That's true. That's true. That's definitely true. So yeah, I need a black president. And then, and then even then, so, like, like you say, well, what a, what would a black president even mean? Because, like you said, their constituents wouldn't just be black people yeah. at that point. It would be supposed to be America, yeah. unless that black president just just 
does the opposite of what the white presidents do and just worry about their people. I mean, and that's to me. <clears throat> I think black folks have been neglected so much in this country. I, see, my thing is this: is that, and this is where black politics are important because I think you have to understand the history of of black people. I think you have to look at it. There's a, a period of time that we really don't look at in this country, and that was the period of Reconstruction. That's the period post Civil War before Jim Crow. That's like eleven to thirteen years, like 1860. The Emancipation Proclamation was signed, written in 1863. Black folks wasn't free until 1865 in Texas. That's why you celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah, Juneteenth. Shout out to Juneteenth, by the way. Uh, Jim Crow came into effect in 1876. So you had this period of about 11 years. In South Carolina, there was a constitution that was written that basically gave people, black people, like legislative like powers. Like, hey, you can you know run for office. You can vote. You can do things like that. So, And as black people was gaining this political power, and of course, they had all the information about labor because I mean they didn't work the fields for you know hundreds of years. They was able to combine that and really you know really create something, create you know um, a, a livelihood. How did white folks respond to that? Same way they've responded to that, you know, during the large course of American history with supremacy and with violence, lynching, yeah, things you know, and, and intimidation. So. But going back to the point of black politics, you got to have somebody in office who has that level of conscientiousness and beyond conscientiousness. They got to have courage because you got to be able to look white people in their eye and say, hey, look, man, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe in. This is what the statistics are telling me. This is what the data is telling me. This is what y'all going to get from me. And this country has shown you, man, like, man, that's a that's a long road. That's a long road to travel, man. You got look. You got to have your you got to have your bodyguards with you. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> for real. I mean, just just keeping it above because again, that's that's a, um, an economic that's addressing an economic struggle, and the country has shown you. Because the thing about it is, it's like you know, we look at Trump, we look at Congress. I mean, they are they're they're the gatekeepers in many ways, but then you also have to look at who those people answer to. They answer to corporations. Like it's funny how I talk. I've talked a lot about. During this podcast about the working class struggle But if you look at who's at the top of that chain When you look at corporations When you look at CEOs Like corporations man they got their hands in everything It's like they push They pushing me and you down Hell But they yeah. also They also telling Trump and Congress what to do But then they also You know um, The Super Bowl is brought to you by Corporation X <laughs> You know what I'm saying <laughs> You can't get away from them. And Full then, circle, man. And then your elected officials is like, "Oh man, we want Amazon to come here. We're gonna roll out the red carpet." It's just it's, yeah. you can't get away, man. And I, and I, and I'm not saying that to for people to listen to your podcast and to feel hopeless and to feel like, man, we got to give up. You got to keep pushing, man. Push back, push back, push back. That's the beautiful thing about black people, man. Is that for the insurmountable odds that we face being in this country, man. Strong. strong, strong. Only the strong survive, man. We're, we're beautiful people, man. You gotta. That's why it's so important to know your history, man. Because you'll be like that stuff is encouraging to me, man. Like the more I'm learning, I'm just like, yo. So you mean like this happened in South Carolina? Yo, this happened in Georgia? Like you know? Yeah. Uh, Q from uh, Romani from Half Hour Black Power. I gave me a, a book called the The Lynching, Hundred Years of Lynching, or something like that. Wow. And um, it's some it's some articles in Augusta. And I'm like, wow. it's it's crazy, you know what I'm saying? Just articles of people being lynched. But it was okay. It just it just happened. I, man, it's it's the atrocities that have been committed, man. And I think if people knew that history, I think they would be more 
like they want they want to make such a such light and jokes of like sexual abuse and things like that. Like I was reading a book called Born to Rebel. It's by um, Ben Mays. Ben Mays is actually from Atworth, South Carolina. It's just outside of Greenwood, little town. Ben Mays is actually Dr. King's mentor. Wow, the Dr. King. And you know her? No, him. Ben, ben, ben I mean, Mays. you know him? I I know of him. Okay, okay, okay. So Mays actually got a little um like a little museum kind of in his honor, a little small little thing, man, but. That man's influence was unbelievable. So I read his uh, autobiography against called Born to Rebel. And he was talking about how like like, you know, little black girls in that era, it's like I think like the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, and how you could not they could not go anywhere by themselves. Because like like there was a situation where this little girl went somewhere by herself, got raped in the woods, nine months later she got a mixed baby. Wow. And it's like that's why I'm saying, like, that's why we got to just like really like we got to have almost like a violent disposition against sexual abuse in our community to the point where, cause I mean, there's a history of it that's been passed down and to cut that off and to stop it. You almost got to be like, I, um, I shared a clip with some folks of Malcolm X, man. And Malcolm X was like, yo man, if he said, the only time a Muslim really get violent is if you put your filthy hands on our women. Ooh, and that, that energy came through the, this is like in the 60s, man. Yeah, it still hit, hit harder. That now. thing came through the screen for me, and I'm just like, man, like the idea of just protecting our women, protecting our children, man, is something that, I mean, it's, it's so relevant today, man. Just, I mean, do that. Even going back to the McDonald's uh, video, like the, the thing that disgusted me the most was the fact that these two, they, like the two black guys that's by her, they trying to break it up. I'm like, break it up. That's it. If I just on now, that's it. Everybody, hands and feet. But I'm gonna tell you, but I'm gonna tell you about you though. That's the difference between you and people in a job. Like if that happened at the place that you work, I can't look look yeah, redacted. I got you. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. It's not even a question. If it's if, like you said, if it's a shorty who's getting jumped on, you already. But I'm gonna tell you why. You care more about the individual than you do the job. Exactly. And that's the thing is that I call, it's Stockholm syndrome. Imagine working somewhere and being so entrenched in that job or in that lifestyle it's not even a lifestyle entrenched in that job that you would rather protect a person's um job or you rather protect a person's career than you would their actual life like that's so crazy to me yeah i don't want i don't want no part of that that's that's crazy that's crazy to even think about i even think about like that it's 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 it's, it's not humane it's not human and no disrespect just and then i guess the most disgusting part is it's it's just mcdonald's bro <laughs> that, that, and that, no disrespect to nobody working down. I'm just it's, just, it's just McDonald's, bro. I'm telling you, Burger King or probably down the street, Wendy's. They go, they they got something for you, and trust me. But um, yeah, that that really threw me off. Um, what I'm gonna do now is uh, it's my last my last portion of it. I got three more uh topics, not topic, but just three more things to throw at you, and you tell me if that's making a difference or not. Okay. Uh, these three are very intertwined with each other. So, okay, uh, I'm trying not, nah, to, try not to reach so, over because you know I do that sometimes. Cool, it's cool. Um, Trump's speeches making a difference <laughs> or not? <laughs> Again, man, this is I think one of the most honored professions in this country. Man, um, is to be a historian, they aren't paid well. They are they're largely underappreciated, man. But when you when you understand history, what you see with Trump's speeches is is that it's just it's propaganda. Trump was not elected by a majority. Trump was elected by an affluent minority. And you see that in things like uh, the GoFundMe, that GoFundMe to build the wall. 
Ridiculous. But it raised $20 million. Like we was just talking about, they they raised enough for that wall to buy the public shopping center. You that's understand crazy. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. And, but so what you have is, is that you have a small amount of people that have a lot of wealth that clearly have these bigoted views. And that's Trump's base. And that's who Trump feels obligated to. Trump feels obligated to, you know, keeping that base fired up. That's why I like Trump for a long time, man. Like even after he was elected, he would still hold rallies. Dude, what are you campaigning for? <laughs> you won, bro. You won. Or I should not even so much that you won electoral college. That's another situation, you know. But you won. Why are we still campaigning and campaign for months, months, months? You know, still doing stuff. But that's that's what that's so. Look, heck no, heck no. <laughs> look, and then and shame on the um. I always say the mass media. Mass media got Trump elected because they gave him free advertising. You know, when he was first talking about building a wall when he was campaigning, and then. You know, you try to say, well, you know, we got to carry the president's speech for journalistic integrity, blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to carry that speech. You knew what you know what his agenda was. It would have meant more for the media to not carry that speech or for a network to not carry that speech. Because what you're saying is, is that, OK, we clearly have, a, you know, an individual here who just so happens to be the president who is like deliberately spreading this misinformation to take a stand mm. against that. That's power. Yo. Um, Trump's tweets. <laughs> Making a difference or not? Nah. Hey man, Trump aggravating man. Like I, <laughs> I don't even like. And see, for me, it's like it's a slippery slope because I do feel compelled in some ways to talk about. When I talk about Trump, I try to talk about Trump in terms of policy. I try not to get into the whole sideshow of Trump because in people throw this word around like distraction. Like, come on, man. It, we can, we can, we can, you know. Um, walk around chew gum at the same time. I, I I'm really starting to dislike that word because simply because look, I can talk about I can you know I can see his tweets and be like, well, this guy's a moron, and it's not going you know keep me away from talking about oh well by the way you know he's got this policy that you know or um or he's doing these things that there's something that Trump is doing. I'm, I just I just shared this on the Making a Difference page. Um. Cutting back, uh, like Obama era, like protections, you know, against um, gosh, what was it? Just Obama era, basically like allowing for racial discrimination in the workplace, things like that. So, but again, his his tweets and his speeches all feed this propaganda. <laughs> uh, the last one is respectability politics. Oh heck no! Making a difference or not? Nah, man, that's the worst, man. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst, man. Because respectability politics I think I don't think I know man one of the most disheartening things I see in our community among black people is the generation gap between old black men and young black men and a lot of that happens because where there should be a mutual respect instead you get respectability politics and so you get old guys and young guys in the room and the old guys is like, well, this is how it was back in my day. And you get that type of conversation. And then without the older guys, because to me, I feel like the burden of responsibility for bridging the gap is with the people who are experienced. But that pride gets in the way. Like with respectability politics, you get pride. You get, you know, this whole, you know, my era was better type of stuff. And it's, it's amazing now because even as we're getting older, I'm seeing People do that like that are my age. Like I'll, I'll be thirty six <laughs> this year. It's, it's that it's that year, man. It's that it's that it's that turn that leaf. 
And it's but it's so crazy because they'll be like, man, you know, music back in my day, and I'm thinking like, for example, there was I think there was a beef recently between Bone Thugs and Amigos, and I'm thinking about when Crossroads came out, nobody knew what they were saying. Yeah, man. Uh, look, I miss my uncle Charles. That's pretty much the <laughs> that's, only that's thing. The you, only thing I still know, man. Right. <laughs> so when you say, "Well, I can't understand what what Quavo and them saying," I'm like, okay. It's just that that whole respectability politics, and I mean, you can talk about lyrical content, different things, and I, and I understand that's that's a different conversation. But it's this idea that you know my era was or is better, and and this happens in sports too. Jordan better than this, and all this type. Only thing it is is you got to think as you get older, what you realize is, man, you really had it good when you was young. That's a fact. You know, you didn't have no bills. You was, you know, if you was hungry, you know, somebody was going to feed you like your stuff was taken. You was a dependent. You was taken care of. Not only that, but you just saw things in a more optimistic viewpoint because you was young. You didn't really know no better. But back to your back to the point of respectability politics. What it does, man, is um, respectability politics takes it. It victim blames is what it does. It indicts the young man who. Sags his pants. It doesn't look at the. It doesn't look at the conditions around him. It says mm. the sagging pants is your problem. You know, it doesn't. It it doesn't look at like damn the fact that he's a product of the environment. Right. Even damn when that. you look at even when you look at hip hop, when you look at we don't understand that hip hop was birthed out of systemic oppression. Like when the origins of hip hop dudes was rapping about you know like don't push me you know I'm close to the edge. So and and we and we and we've lost that, and then so as a result, respectability politics it whitewashes history, it rewrites history in a way that doesn't fully appreciate the black struggle, or it it um it warps it. Yeah, it's like a jungle sometimes. Make wonder how I keep them going under. That's it. And I think a lot of times, especially with that that song in particular, we look at the lyrics and just oh oh like we 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 don't really dissect the lyrics because of how good the song sounds. Mm-hmm. And you break it down like it really like that's really how it started. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm close to the edge. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. it's funny because even today's society they would like treat it way way different now. Like you would be like this suicidal kind of rapper, the the end kind of rapper now. You know what I'm saying? The new Eminem or something like that. But um, yeah, man. Um, like I said, to me, it's always dope. Like just to have a a a, a different perspective, especially when me and you. We, you know, I don't think we touch on all the same topics. But I do think we have very similar topics a lot of time because I might do three or four topics in a particular podcast, but one of them might be something you really hone in on. So it's always dope to hear because I might just brush up on it, but you really taking the time and painting a picture with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then sometimes I'm not going to lie, it's been times where I don't listen to it because I know I'm about to record. And I'm like, <laughs> let me not hear what he's saying first. You know what I'm saying? Because then I can't talk about it because right. I'm, I'm going to be like, yo, he right. Let me say it. You know what I'm saying? So I, don't, I, I definitely never want to do that. So I always try to try to wait. I'm like, nah, that's that's it's too. Or I might just be like, well, if he did it, I cannot do it now because I know he did it right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it too. I'm like, well, if he did it, I'm good. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna just share that and let that be what it is. Um, so that's always my take. Like I said, I enjoy uh, the podcast a lot, and that's even when I had you on the first time. I had I had heard it, and we had just met up because I was trying to get guests and stuff like that, and. Even then, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, that it's gonna be times where you do stuff and you you're gonna elevate yourself, even if it's not the the most shared one. Or and that was one of them for me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's very rare where I interview somebody that I feel like 
is like 10 times smarter than me. Like, just know more. You know what I'm saying? Able to see things more than, than I am. Because a lot of times, even in my age, like, I, I see things one way, and people that my age like, yo, I didn't think of it that way. I'm like, it really wasn't that deep to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I'm around somebody, but like, I'm, I'm that person now. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's very rare maybe to be around people like that. So that's always dope. And I just, like I said, to me, listeners listening now, like, I would recommend and advise anybody to go to uh, Making a Difference. Um, I don't know if I'm tired of the podcast yet. I'm thinking of two different things, and I will, me and you are talking, and we'll go from there. But um, I definitely want people to I just follow it. And like I said, I know every it's, it's different stroke for different folks. So everybody, everything, not everybody a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, I don't look at you as some. 100% all right pro black person and you're also not just polit- politics either you know what I'm saying like you're a mixture of everything I want to hear from the person I want to hear from so it's like a like the perfect combination for me so to me I listen to I, I listen to I'm driving I work in the morning whatever it's like I can listen to I don't have to find time or be in a mood but that's just me I like to hear di- difference and I'm a podcast person so I, I like to hear podcasts so um we gotta do this more, man. We gotta. Oh man, it's, look, it's it's automatic, man. I um, like I said, man. Look, look, first of all, love you as an individual. Love you as a person, man. Love love the energy that you that you put forth, man. It's just um, I just think the whole when I first found out about when I heard the name of the podcast, and I was like, more than the masters, I was like, I was like, I don't even think he realized like what he touched on. Everybody tell me I, I really Really honestly I tell you But it's so profound Because it's like Even as we talk about You know this whole Land grab piece And it's like You know this This area is more than that And I think when you say More than the masters I think by extension You're saying like We're more than the establishment You know It's, it's people out here With real issues You know And real challenges And I, your show Your podcast Has done an incredible job I was just saying Like the last Three to four months Man Of really being able to To express And to tell those struggles Um and to do it in a real, like, honest and refreshing way. It's not corny. Authentic. It's not, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's authentic and it's organic. You know what I mean? And it's not it's not beating people over the head with it, man. So. And that's that's my. I didn't want to make. I didn't want to be the. Hey, I just came home. Let me get. Let me get an interview. I don't want to be that guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why even like now, just going from from uh, Joe Trainer, then now back here, and what I'll do next. You know what I'm saying? It's like I want to. I'm just showing different parts, but I want to, you know. Tell people I mean I can be in any kind of lane, yeah. but also like the like my main my main point is just like you made the point earlier. Like to me, it's fifty two weeks, and I say that to everybody in the year. That master's thing is just one week, mm-hmm. and now the funny thing is like how you described it. I I brush it over that one week, and I talk about the fifty two weeks. It, but you just in the, in the podcast that we just did is like you even spoke on that one week and how it relates to even being bigger than elections. You know what I'm saying? The, the masters is more than the masters. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if you think about it. And my main thing with this, like, I, like I try to make sure each podcast has some kind of painted picture. And if I had to paint a picture, we had we spoke earlier before we before we got here, and we said um we wanted to kind of bring making a difference, which was MAD and more than masters. And I feel like this was like a perfect thing because it still had that monotone, like it was making a difference. But the topics we had on was like everything can kind of go back to the masters, and why it's more than that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, for sure. That was my, my, my I wanted to paint that picture. And I think it was just it was just it's kind of crazy how stuff just you in real life things don't map out that way for me. Nah. I, I might wake up and say I want to do this today, I want to do that, and it don't work. But some reason I turn this microphone on and I plug up these instruments and all that stuff. It's like I get to paint that picture. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's just dope, man. I I I, I, I'm, I, I feel it now that it's gonna be it's, to me it's gonna be a good one. So 
Um, I just, like I said, I want to, I asked it, I, I don't know when, you know what I'm saying? It would never be best for you. I know, like, you, you like me, you kind of meticulous and you count and you wonder who you're going to have on and when and when you got space because you can't have anybody on any week. It just don't make sense. But uh, one day I got to come on yours and we got to um, really, 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 like, I don't know, do something, you know what I'm saying? No, it's, I mean, it's, it goes without saying, man. It's just, uh, like I said at the beginning, man, real recognize real. So, you know, it's like you say, you plotted up in it. It just felt, I don't know, man. I just, I believe in, in the providence and the divinity and stuff, man. Like, I don't like to be too preachy, man, but I, I do believe that, man, it's just when, when things click, it's just like, man, you might have somebody who you hoop with. And it's yeah. like you, hey man, that's your spot. That's your spot. I know to kick the ball to you in the corner like that. That's just kind of like that whole like like pick and roll, give and go. Exactly, it's about knowing your weak spots and people's strong spots. And one thing, speaking of that, because we got like a couple minutes anyway. Like one thing I I love about yours, and like I I I've tried to do, it and I know when I will get to it. I speak fast, obviously. You know what I'm saying. And this time, luckily, I record how I want to record. I can always go back like, oh, I, <laughs> right. I didn't said it too many times. Then you know what I'm saying. I didn't. <laughs> Man, I didn't <laughs> mess this stuff up, boy. <laughs> but like, one thing I like about yours is so free flowing, cause that you're a free flow talker. You know what I'm saying? Like, even in here, like they're gonna be like, "Yo, he talk well." The first time I I had interviewed you, like one the main thing people were saying, like, "Yo, he talks so well." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Yo, that was like the most the crazy thing to me," cause like I was telling them, like, "Yo, normally when I had people at the time, I would have to edit the podcast sometimes, cause people I had on didn't really talk right or us uh, a lot or pauses." Like it's just free flowing. It's like it's just coming. You know what I'm saying? No, no homo. But you know, it's like to me, that's that's one thing I I, I like. I like about your podcast. It's gonna be free flowing. I know I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna get a lot of filler. It's just no. It's, you filter everything out, and it's you gonna pour it in there. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing I, I look forward to in a lot of podcasts. But yours in particular, like you gonna get straight to the point. The intros, I'm an intro guy too. But like those be it for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause I know like. <laughs> And I know, and even the last podcast when you mentioned that you had an intro, I said, "Yeah, I gotta hear this first So I heard, I heard the intro first, and I turned it off. I said, "Okay, let me chill." When I started driving, I started driving. <laughs> I listened back to it again. I listened while I was driving um, at nighttime or whatever. And yeah. Like I said, to me, I, it was dope, and I. I, I think I hit you up I don't know if it was that morning Because it was too late But like I said I, was, yeah. I watched the whole thing And I was like Yo this is I went back to the post Matter of fact I always try to say if I post a link And I know I get comments I tell people to send me comments Via text Or in those pads And screenshot it to me But it would be so dope I got them comments On an actual link Because people see the comments And they're like Yo okay she said this Might be somebody They respect Or they you know And so I try to put My comments Especially from the page On there Because right. That's, it's like you can't get no better than that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That to me, like I like, like you said, I keep I do what I'm doing. You gotta keep doing what you're doing, and like, uh, just I hope you know at some, at some point we will. I mean, we see the difference in in in, in, multi, in single people, but I want to see a big, big difference. Like, never get uh, content, you know, mm-hmm. weekly. I want to get, I want to do better every time I can. I want to make a difference. In a bigger way, if I can, every time, you know, and that's just that's just my my motto. I don't want to get content. Like I have no end goal, really. I want to get better. I mean, that's that's the way to be, man. Like I think about, you know, just like I guess you could just say, you know, growth, like you know, just like growth and development. And, and you already alluded to it. Like you just want to be just better for yourself, right? You know, just just regardless. But I I, I mean, and that that looks like different things to different people. I mean, it may be. Six months, we may be having a totally different conversation about your podcast and my podcast. It may be six years, but I just know for me, man, like I love the zone I'm in, man. Like I just, <laughs> you know, and I, 
I mean, I, look, I, matter of fact, I got a podcast in the chamber right now. I'm just like, in, like in my head, I'm like, oh, we about to kill this one, and that, and just at the point, it's like your range. That's the thing. Is um, it's like Don's range. It's crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, like when you did that, that when you just did the last podcast, you did the political drama. I'm like, yo, all right. So main main was knocking down 25 footers. Now he like, well. Sh- it's like Curry, you know what I'm saying? We might well start knocking out these 30, Gold 35. Gold got bigger, footage. man. Gold look, got a little bigger than me. Look, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's it's that type of energy, man. But, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, look, root for you. And um, I'm going to try to keep that same look, keep that same energy over here. You know how it is, man. You know what I'm saying? Mortar Masters podcast, man. This is Ken from Making a Difference podcast. Making a Difference page. Go follow the page. Go follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Share it. Listen to it. Digest it. Dissect it. Hit them up. Tell them your thoughts. You know, we all love feedback. That's it, man. All right.